listening to the Wellington Hustle Interview Project, showcasing Wellington's entrepreneurs, sharing their experiences to inspire your entrepreneurial journey. Thank you for joining me. I'm Tim Morrison. Are you interested in the exercise and you're getting out of your comfort muscle? For episode five of the Wellington Hustle interview project, we meet Chris Desmond. Chris is the founder and host of the Uncomfortable is OK podcast, a show with over 200 interviews discussing the uncomfortable. Chris will tell you that living in a world with comfort at every turn is not helpful. By choosing to stay comfortable, we are significantly restricting our potential to do great things. Getting good at doing really uncomfortable and scary stuff can make life exciting. Chris also works as a physiotherapist, resilience trainer, coach, and is also a 36-year-old Kiwi dude with a family and dog. Right, let's sit down with Chris as he shares a little about his journey and mindset for the Uncomfortable Is OK podcast. All right, Chris Desmond, (laughs) thank you very much for uh, agreeing to spend some time with me and uh, share some insights with the uh, Wellington Hustle Project. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you, Tim. Uh, and it's a little bit, it's always a little bit awkward to be on the other side of the microphone. So hopefully I don't start asking you too many questions. Uh, what I like to do at the um, start of um, each interview is just to get you to sort of introduce yourself and tell me what you're up to. I am, I'm a 36 year old Kiwi dude, uh, live in Wellington, obviously. Uh, I've been here for about the last 13 years, um, married, we've got one young son, we've got a dog. Uh, my day job, I work as a physiotherapist uh, and on the side I run a podcast called Uncomfortable Is Okay, uh, coaching for people who are looking to take on challenges and uh, work, on, work on mental fitness basically. Okay. Does a lot of that come into the podcast? A lot of that does come into the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of hopefully practical tips and tricks that people can take away and, uh, and put into their own life from the podcast. Um, so I think, I think the podcast influences obviously the work that I do with the resilience training and coaching it influences my physiotherapy practice as well. Um, and each of those also feed back into the podcast and the ideas that I'm sharing there. Yeah. Leading on from there, we'll go into your, like, what was your vision? And we'll, let's concentrate on the podcast, I suppose. So the podcast came about, uh, it's been running now for about three and a half years. Um, and I enjoy my work as a physiotherapist, uh, but it's, Probably it's not the the long game. I don't want to be sitting in a clinic room for the rest of my life. Even though, like looking out the window here, it's a pretty sweet view. Um, <laughs> we're looking at the sea. Yeah, we're looking, <laughs> looking out over the mouth of the Porirua Harbour. There's some seagulls flying around. There's no boats at the moment, but usually there are. So part of it was was about um, looking for something that was for me to explore some creative outlet. Um, and I didn't really know what that was mm. for a while. So I dabbled in a whole lot of different things. Um, I tried a little bit of online business stuff. It wasn't really for me. Um, I naively decided, hey, maybe I want to do a master's of management. Um, and it was good that it was naive because it was a lot of work. <laughs> but I finished it and it was really interesting. Um, but actually the podcast probably came out of that 
one of the papers that I did was called Innovation and New Ventures, and it got us brainstorming a whole lot of different ideas for, for new things. And most of the ideas that I came up with were average. Uh, and I was like, well, I don't really want to pursue that. But it got the thought process going, thinking, hey, what, do I, what am I looking for? And I was looking for something that I, I could learn from, something that I could do a bit of teaching from, something that would allow me to explore some, some creativity and also something that I had control over as well. And then one of my friends suggested, hey, why don't you start a podcast? <laughs> I was like, that's a great idea. And then he followed that up with, you've got a great voice for radio. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's, that's done. So thanks for taking the piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, what do you, why didn't you suggest I do a video series? <laughs> um, so that, that was kind of where, where things started. Obviously, having a podcast, you're like, well, what do I talk about with people? But one of the, one of the concepts that I was thinking about is, hey, how do you get better at doing hard stuff? Like how do you, people kind of talk about manifesting your dreams and bringing them into reality. Uh, and that's, if anyone's ever tried doing that, it's really hard work. Yeah. And a lot of people give up <laughs> along the way. So I kind of wanted to talk to people about like how they'd gone and taken on challenges and done interesting, exciting stuff. But I was like, that's, that's a bit inspirational, but it's also, it's also interesting. It's maybe something that I'd like to go and do. But actually talking about the journey and talking about the practicality of the hard, the hard work that needs to go into it and how people got through that. So that's kind of how it, how it started and that was the initial concept. And part of it was like, can I, will people actually want to talk to me? Yes. about this like can I get some guests on um, and then once I'd once I'd managed to convince a couple of my mates to uh, they were doing ask, interesting things yeah I was going to ask her uh, how did you get your first few then? yeah so how, how I got my first few one was my cousin uh, one was a dude that I went to university with uh, one was oh no two two of the guys were guys that I went to uni with that were up to some interesting things um, and then the next couple, I actually, I showed up to an event in Wellington, I don't know if they still run them, is called Shameless Soapbox, which basically you get up on a soapbox for two minutes and throw out an idea and, and ask for help on it. And uh, I just went and said, hey, I'm starting this podcast. It's about trying to figure out how to get better at doing hard stuff. Does anyone want, want to come and have a be a guest? Um, and had a couple of takers from that, and it just sort of it started to it started to snowball. And then I think the next few from there were were from people who knew that I was doing it, and were like, "Hey, you should talk to this guy." So it was it was people I knew and, and people that I got introduced to to start with, um, and that was that was super uncomfortable yeah. for me, <laughs> which was probably part of the point. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I guess um, like you could either get a bit of social proof then after. Uh... Definitely, yeah. So it was, will people actually talk to me? And will people listen to these conversations as well? And I think I'd kind of, I'd kind of set myself a target of maybe 30 downloads for the episode because I've got a reasonably large extended family. And I was like, well, some of them will probably listen. But if it's more than 30, it's, it's, Somebody it's, else. it's someone, someone else as well, <laughs> other than just my mum and dad and my aunts and uncles. <laughs> What setbacks have you had along the way, other than trying to get people to come on? 
Actually, that's been one of the easiest things. Like getting people to talk about <laughs> getting themselves. Getting people to talk about themselves is really easy. And hopefully you're finding that as well. The setbacks that I've, I've probably found challenging, the stuff to do with the technology around the recording, around the editing, how to set up distance-based interviews as well. So I use Zoom now and it is fantastic. It's super easy, but... And then it was trying to get apps that would talk to each other. And when someone would update their app, then it would no longer talk to another app. So it was, it was hours on Google trying to f- and YouTube trying to figure out this stuff, which was kind of a less interesting part of the process for me. And also super frustrating if you couldn't interview someone that you wanted to interview because the technology wasn't wasn't working so I think that was that was one of the hard things about it and then sometimes when you mess up the recording as well and you have to either go back to that person and say hey I stuffed up here yes (laughs) can I can we record again they were kind of the biggest setbacks um did you actually lose some audio yeah, I've, I've lost I've lost a couple of interviews yeah. with people and and had some had some awkward audio uh, come out, but I've also put out a little bit of that awkward audio and just said to people, "Hey, look, this isn't as crisp as what it usually yeah. would be. Just make sure you listen hard." And to be honest, people have come back and said. Actually, I, I, I didn't mind the audio quality. Like it wasn't, it wasn't great, but it was definitely listenable and just made me focus on the conversation more so I took more out of it. When did you start um, well, interviewing people that were a bit further afield? I think once I got the first 10 under my belt, yeah. I figured that actually this is a concept that people are going to, they're okay with. So I started reaching out to people about then and I think probably from about, episode 15 to 20 is when I started to talk to people that I didn't really knew. One guy I remember actually, um, I was, we were in a bookshop, we were looking for a present and I just picked up this book. There was this one dude in there who had a a guy by the name of Matt Scorange um, who kind of, he flirted with the sort of professional circuit for a while and then went and did, um, did some surfing work in, in other ways, um, but also who had battled leukemia as well. And so this guy will have some real interesting stories. So I, Google is amazing. Got on Google, looked him up, flicked him a message and said, hey, bro, do you want to come on the podcast? This is what it's about. He's like, yeah, that'd be cool. Again, it was uncomfortable. It was jumping into the unknown and, and difficult things and... Just kind of thinking, hey, what's the worst that can happen here? Someone that I don't know says no to me. How high a profile type people have you sort of gone up and... I've had some actually ridiculously high profile people. So you find that after the interview, like, oh, great, is that... <laughs> oh, no, 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 I kind of knew beforehand. So yeah. I'd, like, I, there's a few that I've sort of punched above my weight with, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure. So I, I interviewed Laura Langman recently so the captain of the silver ferns just after they'd won the world oh, champs awesome. she she was introduced to me by by a mutual friend who was like you should definitely have her on so i don't think i would have got her um without aj's introduction 
talked with James Clear as well, the author of Atomic Habits, which is a New York Times best-selling book that sold millions and millions of copies. And I think it was just serendipity of timing with him. It was when he was putting his book out, I'm on his mailing list. I was like, this guy's way out of my league. So I sent him a message and said, hey, if I send you like three questions, could you record them and I'll, I'll put it out and, and push it? And he was like, do you want to do a full interview? Uh, I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> um, it's often cooler interviewing people that don't get interviewed all the time because it's more of a conversation and there's, I think like the way that I like to approach it as well is that it's reasonably conversational mm. with people as yeah. well. People often ask me, like, hey, can you send me through the interview questions beforehand? I've done that a couple of times. It's been, it's been good and good content has come out of it, but I haven't really enjoyed the process nearly as much. It's a little bit more rigid. Yeah, and also I know what I'm going to ask next, so yes. I'm not listening yeah. to people yeah. as well. So someone asked me that the other day and I was like, actually, I don't have any. <laughs> Here's some topics that I'd like to talk to you about. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk around them. I've, I've never had anyone say no to that. Was there a time that you wanted to give up? I don't think that there has a time where I've, there's been a time that I've ever seriously considered giving up for good. When my son was born, uh, he showed up three months early. Uh, so, which was obviously quite a surprise. Stressful, um, yeah. It was pretty stressful and it, uh, he was in hospital for, for 99 days before we were allowed to bring him home. Um, and because he showed up three months early, I had this marvelous plan where I was like, all right, cool, I'm going to smash out these interviews and I'm going to have like a couple of months <laughs> worth uh, that I can just push out when he, when he arrives and it'll be sweet. It'll, I hadn't even started that. <laughs> we hadn't even been to our first antenatal class when he arrived. Um, <laughs> so... It really threw a spanner in the work. So I, I took a couple of weeks off then. Um, and that was when I kind of figured, uh, like, I want to keep going with this. This is something that I really, I really want to be doing, but I need to rethink how it is that I'm doing it at the moment. So rather than putting out two episodes a week, what I did was put out an interview one week, do a solo episode the next week. So it just took the pressure mm. off myself. And obviously there was, it was a time of like quite a lot of introspection as well and quite a lot of thinking. So the, the stuff for the solo episodes was there. I just had to spew it forth. Yeah. Um, but also I, it, I got a, a podcast editor at the time as well. I was like, I need to free up some time. Here's something that I know how to do but I don't really like doing I've been thinking about it for a few months yes um, but that was something that just tipped the scale um, so that was the toughest I think the toughest time to keep going for me yeah after Connor had been he, he'd been around for sort of six months or so I was, I was like I need to look at the schedule again I need to decide hey what do I want to do here and I decided actually I wanted to go back to doing an interview every week one of the reasons that I did was there's so many fascinating people out there. I was like, yeah. I'm never going to be able to talk to enough of them <laughs> if I only do one a fortnight. <laughs> this seems crazy to me. It must be a, quite a, a huge amount of pressure just even doing one a week. Definitely. And I mean, I, I've done 260 of them now. Yeah. So I kind of... You know what you're doing. I kind of... 
portray that picture at least anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I think like this is an amazing conversation, this is an amazing interview, and it's received reasonably well. Like people kind of give you some some pretty good feedback and gets a, a certain amount of downloads. Um, and you're like, hmm, that was maybe a little bit lower than I expected. Oh, yeah. And then you get other ones that you're like, well, it was a solid conversation, nothing special that just goes crazy. So I think putting my subjective opinion on whatever it is doesn't always kind of equate to how people receive it. I think that's something that I've learned over the, over the process as well is that I shouldn't put my opinions on what everyone else enjoys. Uh, and sometimes I'll learn things from that as well as if I throw something out that I'm not a, not 100% sure about uh, and it does well. We're like, cool, let's pull on that thread a little bit more, see what, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Leading off on that, what traps have you fallen into throughout the process? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think some of the traps that I've fallen into are almost getting caught up in trying to go fast. Yeah, is is like, hey, I want this to grow. I want this to explode. I want to do all of the stuff around it, and and it's kind of only it's in the last year of that sort of three and a half year process that I've actually started doing some some training and coaching and, and things around some of the concepts from the podcast, and I wanted that to go fast to start with. So you end up sort of looking for all of these hacks and um, nothing really kind of just beats actually putting in the hard work. Part of it's kind of been a bit impatient Mm. about it um, and sort of just, yeah, wanting to be further along than I am. It's probably human nature, I guess. Yeah, yeah, rather than enjoying enjoying the process. And I think, I don't know if that's something from a societal perspective in terms of the time that we live in at the moment where everything is instant and kind of gratification is almost at, at your fingertips. Like you can buy a book on Amazon and bang, it's on your Kindle 20 seconds later, depending on the speed of your Wi-Fi. Um, you can click a button and some dude on a scooter will show up 20 minutes later with a burger for you. <laughs> so I think that's one of the things about the podcast as well is that society's set up in a way at the moment where we're sold this big idea of comfort, where everything is made to be easier for us. So it's, it's really challenging to do hard work and to take the hard option. Um, but that's where the exciting stuff lies. That's where... Growth lies. Growth lies, yeah. That's kind of where the magic happens in parentheses. <laughs> Society set up in this way to make it easy for us and for us to stay in our comfort zones. Yeah, that's, that's not where things get exciting in life. That's, that's not where things are fulfilling. But also because we're kind of primed to be so comfortable so often that we don't train ourselves to get uncomfortable and to deal with the discomfort of, of working hard and working on a challenging project that has the potential to change our lives forever, um, which I guess is kind of what I'm... I'm working on at the moment in terms of who I get to to speak with, in terms of the ideas that I get to discuss, um, in terms of the opportunities that it that it opens up for me, and in terms of how it lets me grow yeah. as a person as well. Um, how how is the growth and how how has it affected you? The growth has been the growth has been massive, yeah. and to be honest, I think like I'm a guy in my mid thirties. Yeah. You start to become a little bit more self-aware at, at that age anyway. 
Um, so I don't know if I'd be in the same position now if I didn't if I didn't do the podcast. Um, but I think it's I think it's probably accelerated yep. things that I've got to I've got to talk with a, peop- a whole lot of people who have challenged my viewpoints and challenged my world view um, and kind of coming from the background of like a, a science-based degree in physiotherapy where like science, you're looking for black and white, but nothing is black and white. Everything's just different shades of gray. And um, so I'm a lot more open to, to people's worldviews. I ask the question of people, what strategies do you use to approach uncomfortable situations? So like I've got all of these strategies that I can put in place whenever I come up against Hard stuff. Yes, and that's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. Full about that you've kind of you've yeah. got yourself a toolkit from all these people that you've Yeah, interviewed. definitely. And actually, I'm writing a book on yeah, it at yeah. the moment as well. So <laughs> I'm, I'm basically just taking other people's ideas and putting them on paper. That's and everyone does, not it? I'll put it, I'll, yeah, I'll put it down with my name on the bottom. <laughs> um, yeah, so the growth, is, the growth has been massive. My confidence in myself. I think just realizing also that other people don't really care what it is that you're doing like people people care but they don't not care like you at care. the same yeah they yeah. don't care at the same time they, they don't care like you you care they don't agonize in their heads over everything that it is that you're doing so letting go of some of that and um just giving less of a f- yeah. <laughs> basically <laughs> about what other people think of you you're thinking that's a cool idea let's go and do it as opposed to that's a cool idea okay what would people think about that um and just shooting yourself in your in the foot and holding yourself back from something that's potentially interesting now i'll just pursue it what inspires and motivates you so i think that's probably changed a little bit over time in the way that i think about motivation it's kind of long game motivation yes because anyone can watch a YouTube video and it's exciting. Like I, I watch Gary Vee. He's awesome. And he'll fire you up for half a day or so. <laughs> but it's like throwing a bit of kindling on the, on the fire um, as opposed to like a big old gnarly bit of timber that's just going to burn away slowly. So the way that I think about motivation is three different aspects of it. There's internal motivation, external motivation, and social motivation. So the internal motivation for me is... It kind of comes back to that that self-awareness. Hey, what do I enjoy doing? And what I enjoy doing is having interesting conversations with interesting people. Like I love connecting with people and having having chat and discussing interesting ideas. I love learning of them. I enjoy teaching. I actually enjoy being creative and I enjoy being in control of the process as well. So the podcast gives me all of those things. So that's kind of the, the internal stuff is, yeah, I just actually love the process of doing it. Uh, the external stuff is, is probably a little bit more narcissistic. I wanna have a bit of an impact on the world. I wanna change the world for the better. And um, I can do that sitting in a clinic room as a physio, seeing one person at a time. Or what I can do is I can, do some podcasting, I can do some coaching, and I can have a bigger impact by helping people get out of their own way, helping people get better at doing the hard stuff that's gonna make life exciting for them. And from that, what's gonna happen is that they're gonna start some cool stuff that's gonna have positive impacts on the world. So it's kind of like 
it's much more of a ripple effect. So yeah. it's it's sort of upscaling the impact that I have. And like to start with, when I kicked this off, the social side of things was to help people. Like helping people makes you feel nice. Um, but that's changed. It's all about my son now, yes. actually. When when he showed up, obviously it was, it was pretty stressful and, and spent a lot of time kind of thinking about how I want to show up as a dad as well. And probably the most eloquent thing that I've figured out about what that means as well is something that I only saw a couple of months ago was just a line. My father showed me how to live and I'm actually... I'm kind of thinking about, hey, do I actually want to just get that tattooed on my arm and use it as a decision-making framework? Is this how I want to show my son how to live? So going and doing this stuff and kind of going after these things is going to send him a much more powerful message than if I don't go for it because I want him to, to go and explore opportunities and be curious and kind of find stuff that he's that he's happy with and um, that he likes and I don't want society or himself or my voice in his head to hold him back in the future so I can tell him that but it's much better if I show him that yeah. your breakthrough that you're particularly proud of probably a breakthrough that I'm, I'm particularly proud of is actually starting to do some business work around some of this stuff and uh, kind of starting to commercialize some of my knowledge and, and doing some training with people um, and yeah I'm, I'm running a workshop in Gisborne for Tairawhiti DHB um, about utilizing these soft skills and putting them into practice in, in a clinical setting for, for a whole lot of allied health professionals um, which is massively exciting to take these concepts from the podcast, from the physio work that I've done, also kind of from some of the management studies as well and, and utilising all of these soft skills to try and improve outcomes for people from a, from a health perspective. Everyone comes from a unique background and, and a different way of, of doing things and it's just all of a sudden it's kind of clicked together as to, oh, hey, I can put all of these disparate parts of my life together to create something cool. And it's been, there's been a lot of thinking behind it and there's a lot of sort of conceptualizing it. And yeah, it was throwing stuff out there in an uncomfortable fashion actually creates possibilities for yourself. What do you see as being your biggest lesson so far? Good things take time and they take hard work. And that to stick at doing them for a long time and putting in the hard work that you need to, that you actually have to enjoy what it is that you're doing. Um, and a lot of people don't know what that is. They don't have something that they're, that they're passionate about. Yeah, it's all well and good. It's, it's cool to, to be passionate about something, but most people don't even know where to start. So it's, about being curious and it's about going out and trying a few things and figuring out if you if you like them or not and then when you do find something that you like then work at it for a while take some time with it and and be patient and put in the put in some hard work and who knows what possibilities it's going to open up for you 
how has the uh, your vision evolved over <laughs> <Yeah>. time? <laughs> I mean, like to start with, the vision was: can I can I scratch my own itch? Can I get a little bit better at doing hard stuff myself? And is this just is this a concept that could go places? Um, and yeah, two hundred and sixty-one episodes deep. I think it is yeah. a concept <laughs> that probably has legs. Where I'm at with things like three and a half years later is to say, hey, is this something that I can do all the time? Like, is it something that has the potential to to sustain me and to sustain my family? Um, and what other possibilities are out there from this in terms of stuff that I can create and, and ways that I can deliver this information to people and there are probably like a hundred that I've thought of and there are probably thousands that I haven't thought yeah. of as well so the vision has definitely got the vision's definitely got bigger with it and I think if you like if you talk to me in another three and a half years the vision's probably got bigger again <laughs> it's like a big expanding cloud yeah I think so <laughs> I think so and I mean that's kind of what, a way that I view your, your comfort zone and your stretch zone as yes. well is that actually if you can continually try and expand them by doing harder things sooner yeah. or later you expand them to the point where you actually encapsulate the where the magic happens little bubble that sits <laughs> off in the corner that people think how the hell do I get to that <laughs> what would you do differently if you started from scratch again oh, good question um, I don't think I'd do a whole lot differently um, I think I'd try and be a little bit more patient yeah. along the journey um, and realize that, hey, this is going to, you're in this for the long haul. But I think all of the, the mistakes and all of the challenges that I've come up against have sort of shaped the path that I'm on at the moment and taught me some lessons along the way. So I don't think I'd change a whole lot, actually. Uh, this this question you inspired me to ask last night. Do you have a challenge? <laughs> do I have a challenge? Yeah. yeah, I think I do have a challenge. Um, I think probably taking taking ten or fifteen minutes with a with a pen and a paper or with a, your note app and just writing down some things that you're curious about that you'd like to try and then picking one of them and booking your time to to go out and try it and see if you like it and if you like it that's cool keep doing it and if you don't like it that's cool too yeah. you know that don't you do don't that like again. it don't do that again <laughs> don't do that yeah. again <laughs> yeah thank you thanks a lot for uh, spending some time to have a chat with me my pleasure mate thank yeah. you uh thank you for that it's been been good and yeah learned some new stuff about myself. Chris, if you're listening, thanks again for taking part in the Wellington Hustle interview project. It was great to learn a little about what, what you're up to and why. Leading by example to teach your children the value of doing the uncomfortable resonated for me. Just being that shining example, no matter what you're doing, is very important. You can lead a child to water, but you can't make them drink. I may have that wrong. If you want to connect to Chris to discuss anything you've heard today, then just head over to the episode's webpage for links to his website and LinkedIn. If you're interested in being interviewed for the project or you have somebody in mind that would be a great fit, then please, please, please send me an email on tim at timson.co or head to the Timson Co. website, click on the Wellington Hustle link from the menu and choose Join Wellington Hustle from the drop down. Thanks so much again for listening and until next time, keep on hustling. <laughs>